This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode, I don't even know, I think it's 22, <laughs> but um, our boy, Andrew Peters, is gloating today, uh, is gloating today because uh, he's, he's wearing his Max Verstappen Red Bull sweater, I guess. Zip up know. hoodie made by Puma. And I bought it at the Bay in Canada. How about okay. that? It looks fantastic. I really like it on you. Well, thank you very much. I feel like I'm a European hockey player, but Craig, you're about to rip me for something, so go ahead. Well, no. Thanks I, for joining I, I, us today, Elliot, by the way. Appreciate it. Under good to be here. Circumstances. Yeah, well, I, I didn't even know Elliot was here. We were just in that conversation, but uh, listen, <laughs> Elliot was starting to talk about the F1, and listen, please do me a favor, gentlemen. I think something crazy happened at the end. I, I haven't watched it. I'm a, I'm a F1 guy, but I watch it on netflix i have not Drive to survive yeah. i have not seen season three so please do not ruin it for me and tell me because right now i am so intrigued with what elliot said that the way it ended and i don't know how it ended is wrong i guess is that it's what you're not, trying to say it, it, it's not that it's wrong i don't like, to be honest craig i don't know enough about the rules to know that it's wrong but I know that it's absolutely abnormal and a lot of people were freaked out about it. People who know F1 better than me say that that should not have happened. So I'm trying to imagine what it would be like if a, if a Stanley, well, you know, the closest thing, and boy, I hate to bring this up, is probably 99, Sabres Stars. Oh, oh okay. Eesh. Yeah, thanks, Elliot. So Sorry. sorry. I forgot I, where I was for a second. Elliot, I uh, I am... Um... In the last, this is the first year of Formula One racing that I ever watched. Okay. I got mm -hmm. into it through my brother. A lot of people had talked about the uh, drive to survive. Yeah. And, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It, it is phenomenal. My brother, my brother calls me about a year and a half ago and he's like, Andrew, have you seen this? And I said, no, a lot of people have talked about it. But the people that have told me to watch it, we don't have anything in common. So if they tell me to do something or I should do something, I'm like, uh, 
kind of looking. I'm like, we're not, we, we're not, I don't know. Like, we're not, we don't have anything in common. So I don't know if I'm going to like it. You know what I mean? Then my brother calls me and tells me. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. So I check it out. And I, and first season, I fall in love with Max Verstappen. Right. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a love him or hate him guy. Cause he's I think lo- I, he totally irritated me. So I, 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 I don't know why. So you're, you're all, all of a sudden this Max Verstappen lover of Red Bull. And I think the, 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 the guy's an arrogant, uh, you know, SOB, very competitive, which, which I, which I like to see, but he's, he's got some arrogance to him. Oh my God. It's ridiculous. Well, you, you Craig, Craig, like who does, I like who does the underdogs. I like the super underdogs for these, for these teams that just don't have quite have the money. They just don't quite have the backing, but they're insanely competitive and they're going to do anything they, they possibly can to, to try and win. Uh, actually, their team. that's one of the biggest issues I've had with F1 is that it's too much about that, that, you know, the, the underdogs never win, you know, like periodically you'll get a stunning team that wins in baseball or the Super Bowl or the NHL, but you don't get that very much in F1, if at all. But Craig, who's the Verstappen that you played with in the NHL? JR. Ronick. Yeah, 100%. He, you either loved him or you hated him. Mm-hmm. He, was, he had this confident um, demeanor about him. He was, uh, he was highly competitive, highly competitive. Whether, it didn't matter whether you were playing hockey, whether you're at practice or playing a game of poker on, on, on the plane. He, was, he wanted to win. And, uh, yeah, that's – I mean – to, that would probably be the, the the one guy that that pops out. What about you, Andrew? Who was your like Verstappen? Craig. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on, Craig. You had you had to see that one coming. Um, it's amazing that in the last fifteen seconds I can forget an unbelievable question that I had. But either way, it doesn't matter. So I, I'm watching the race yesterday, and I. So I've just grown to love Verstappen. And this, this is the first year that I've ever watched Formula One, Elliot. And I don't want to make this whole segment about Formula One, but, but I never had a team that I cheered for growing up. I don't know why. I followed the Sabres because they were close, and I only ever went to Sabre games as a kid. I didn't like the Leafs because the guys down the street that we used to play ball hockey with always showed up with an Iafrady a jersey or Borshevsky or whatever. So we, you know... So I never had a team that I really rooted for unless I was on the team, right? So I swear yesterday, it was over. I, was, I, I, I watched the whole race pre-recorded, and I was skipping through after Hamilton took off at the start, and I was just like, it's over. It's over. Mm-hmm. And then there was a controversy on like the second turn, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, okay, that's, like Hamilton should have been screwed for that, but he didn't, and he was so far ahead. Then the crash with about five or six or seven laps to go brought the safety car out mm. and they didn't, they could not end the, what I've been told is the greatest season in formula one by a safety car. So at Riv, what they did was they had all the cars that were lapped past the safety car. So there were two cars left for a one lap sprint and it was max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And I swear to you when that safety car went off, I stood up and I was, sta- I, I, I was standing there and I was literally yelling at the top of my lungs. I was like, come on, Max, drive, drive. I was losing 
my marbles because I wanted him to win so badly. And all I could think about was you, Riv, because you hate him. And, and I'm just thinking like, oh, when he won and then all the controversy. But it's just, I don't know. I, I just love the guy. I love Christian Horner from Red Bull. I love Christian Horner. And, well, he's married to a Spice Girl. And that was it. That's it. I which, just, which Spice Girl? I have to decide how much. Ginger. Like Ginger. Ginger Spice. No yep. Ginger that. wasn't my favorite Spice Girl, though. Ginger was not my favorite Spice Girl. Who was your you, favorite Spice Girl? Can you name the Spice Girls, Elliot? Uh, sadly, I can because I have nieces and nephews. Okay. Ginger. Uh, yep. Baby. I forgot about Baby. I would have missed that one. S- sporty and Scary. Yep. And Which one's posh. Scary? And Posh. Posh. Oh, Scary uh, was posh my is favorite. Beckham's, posh is uh, Victoria Beckham. Beckham. Okay. Posh. Didn't like her. Wasn't a big fan of Scary. Was not a fan of Sporty. So you're down to Ginger or Baby? I'm not. I uh, for me, I'm going to pass on the Baby. Going Ginger. Oh, Chris, <laughs> huh? Then you should be a Red Bull fan. Good for her. Yeah. Christian Horner married married her. Um. Anyway, that's my Red Bull story. I I just stir my uh, Formula One. I I my guy won, and and here we are. So Elliot, speaking of winning, uh. We're not going to uh, be going to the Olympics, are we? I, I don't want to say no. I, I think they'll take as long as they possibly can. It's the, the it's challenging. Like that, the, basically what they were told about for the protocols, the quarantine was about as bad news as they ever could have gotten. And now I think what they have to figure out so is what are how many the, What are the protocols? So basically what it was told is if you have a positive test, you could face a three to five week quarantine. Uh, Nobody else, you know, nobody will be allowed to leave without the approval of Chinese authorities. And, um, you know, the the thing they did say is if you want to, um, is if you want to, like if you test positive and you're symptomatic, then you you can't get out of quarantine until you have no more symptoms and you have two negative tests in the span of 24 hours or 24 hours apart. Um, and if you're asymptomatic, again, it's two negative tests at least 24 hours apart. Um, so, you know, it's it's not easy. You know, it could be three to five weeks. And it's, you know, like as one agent said to me, guys, it's, it's the worst news the players could have gotten. And now we've got a, there's a conference call today for the players. There's another one on Wednesday. They'll get all the, they'll ask the questions they need to ask. They'll get the information they need to, they need, and they'll make their decisions. Do you think it's interesting though, how, um, you know, the league goes into meet about it. And this is not a criticism of the league. It's a hard decision. Okay. Yeah. This is a really difficult decision, but I think we all can imagine or know that we, I don't think the league really wants players going to the Olympics, but do you think it was interesting how they decided to leave it up to them? Uh, well, no, I, I, I'm not surprised at it because Andrew, you know, last time the league made the decision in 2018, the league made the call. And I remember, and, and I remember this because we reported it was a Saturday night. I think it was the last Saturday of the regular season, right before the playoffs. And we reported the decision was coming uh, very soon. And the players were caught totally by surprise because they weren't expecting it. So they knew at that moment that they weren't going, that the league was going to say no. And players were upset. And I think this time the league said, okay, we pulled the plug last time. And the players said in the CBA negotiations, the Olympics were very important to them. It was, you know, their most important non-financial issue. 
And the league said, look, we made them a promise. And I heard at the Board of Governors, the commissioner told the, the owners and the governors, you guys should be expecting more going. Because, and there's only two ways we're not going. Number one, we have to cancel so many games that's obvious we can't. And three more got canceled today. Or the players look at the quarantines and say they don't like it. And it turned out that Friday night, the Players Association was given the new quarantines. So um, I, I think that's kind of where we are. I think, I think the, the other questions, too, that I'm trying to figure out, guys, is what happens if, for argument's sake, you know, Russia and the U.S., 95% of players vote to go, and Canada and Sweden, for argument's sake, I'm just picking countries out of a hat, say we don't want to go. So what happens then? Well, is it a country by country basis, like a citizenship basis thing, or is it going to be a like a an NHL, an NHL player team, decision yeah. thing, or an NHL team decision? Like, I, I think I think it's going to like. Be do you think to, that I, Alex? I think it's going to be up to the Olympians. But do you think that Alex Ovechkin, who's extremely important to the Washington Capitals, is yeah. not going to have behind closed doors communication with the owner of that team? who seem to have a very, very strong relationship. I'm sure they will have communication with each other. I have, I have no doubt about it. But, and, and like, I don't like talking for anybody, but I'm just, I'll just play devil's advocate here, Craig. This, this could be Alexander Ovechkin's last chance at the Olympics. He's never won a gold medal. Russia won a gold medal last time. He wasn't on the team because the NHLers weren't there. You don't think, Craig, he's sitting there, I want to go? I do, believe, I do believe that he wants to go. Um, mm -hmm. even if it, even if it would grossly affect Washington capitals and where they would fit in the standings, I think Alex Ovechkin looks at this and say, I've, I've already won a Stanley cup. I've won multiple scoring titles. Um, I, I would like to try and win an Olympic gold medal. And this is possibly going to be his last opportunity. And I think that he's going to want to go. But what does that mean for Kuznetsov? What does that mean for Orlov? What does that mean for those players? It, it, it's, it's a great question. Like, I, like I think we're all – I think – look, they're going to wait as long as they possibly can to make this decision, Craig. They've still got time. And I think we're going to have to work to figure this out. January 10th, the deadline, right? January 10th is the non-financial penalty deadline. Okay. After January 10th, and I think it's the transportation costs – uh, I think they have to they have to pay those. Um, this is not an indictment on Ovechkin's character, but I just I, if he's been so adamant over the years about Olympics, I feel like he is a guy that maybe not values a gold medal more than a Stanley Cup, but definitely on the same playing field. I, I don't, I don't, watching that guy when he won the Stanley Cup, he does not value the gold medal more than the Stanley Cup, but he values them both incredibly that's, well. That's they, what I know, mean, yeah. So, and, and you know what, Andrew, like to be an Olympian for these guys, it's a huge deal. Well, you are I, the best of the very best. Very much so. But what's the difference the between a, an Olympic gold or a World Cup gold? It's the same players playing. It's just not the same stage. It's, but the, it's, Olympics. it's the Olympics. It's, the, it's Olympics. the Olympics. I can still remember um, when the Czechoslovakia, and I can't remember what year it was. I think it was 98, if I'm not mistaken. The Czech when they won the first one, Czech yes, Republic? Yes, yeah, and I remember. It wasn't Czechoslovakia I'm, anymore. Czech was, Republic or whatever it is. There you go. Um, I remember Martin uh, Rosinski uh, was on that team, and right after they had won, they flew to 
uh, the Czech Republic, and the entire country was waiting for them. And it was something. Oh, yeah. It was something uh, that I've never seen before. I mean, that entire country was uh, celebrating for, for many, many days. And I remember uh, Mark Rosinski um, flew back to, to Montreal to, to, you know, come back to, to the team. And we were at his apartment. I can still remember this like it was yesterday. Our entire team. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Was in his apartment waiting for him when he got uh, when he got home. And I am not kidding you. It was the last thing in the world is what he wanted people in his apartment waiting for him because he looked like he had been around the ringer like uh, he looked so exhausted and so drained um i can't even imagine you know the partying that they were doing and stuff but uh, i i just go back to uh you know as Ovechkin. i can't i can't imagine what would happen if alex ovechkin won an olympic gold medal i mean that country would explode I think his mother's a gold medalist, isn't she? Didn't she win a basketball? Yeah, basketball. basketball. Yes, basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Was his father a, a, an Olympian as well? Was he a wrestler or something? Not soccer? Was he Was, was he, he a soccer? Uh, I don't know that his father was an Olympian. I know his mother absolutely was. His right. dad was a professional at, at some sport, though, if I'm not mistaken. I think he, he might have been a soccer I, player. You have I to look like that up. Have, have you spoken to any players about this? Any Olympians or potential? Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and what's the what's the... Thought I, I, you know, I, I think, you know, what you do, Andrew, is you hope against hope that somehow something comes up that makes it better. Like, again, you cannot underestimate how badly these guys want to be Olympians. They, they really do. Um, I think there are other players besides well, Leonard has already announced he's not going to go. I think there are other players who are on the same wavelength as he is, that they're not crazy about it. And they may pull out for that particular reason. Um, I think it's I think it's really mixed, and I I do think like I'll, I'll tell you I had one agent say to me that um, he had a GM who is normally very supportive of the Olympics say to him that he think thought it was really wrong under these circumstances for the players to go, and this is a this is a GM who he told me is very supportive of the Olympics has been involved with them in the past uh, recognizes how much they mean. Um, I think he said it was like selfish for the players to go if they could be away from their NHL teams for three to five weeks after it's over. But, you know, we'll see where this goes. Well, I com- I hate to say I completely agree, but 
I completely agree with that. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of the Olympics to begin with for the players to go. And the simple reason is safety. Like, look, the John Tavares incident, um, I can't remember what year that was, Elliot, when he was over there and he blew his knee out. We talked about this last week with uh, Brian Gianta as well. You know, the Islanders were on the cusp of, like, in a playoff spot, right, you know, right around the time of the Olympics, and then John Tavares goes over there, blows his knee out, and their season's over, and they miss the playoffs. That, that there is your prime example as to why you can't let your stars go and, and play in this tournament. Now, if it's a, for me, if it's a world cup of hockey where they're getting the TV revenue and they're getting the ticket revenue and there there's HRR involved, then that's a, that's a, that's a business decision, but this, the NHL only stands to lose if their stars get hurt. Yes. That, I mean, <laughs> I, I think that's true or, or they get sick and they can't come back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think it, about the all the other players that are on the team. I understand that you have, uh, you know, you're a special player when you when you're going to go to the Olympics for your country. It's it's really truly an honor, but you know your job um, is an important one, um, and you're you're not just representing yourself. You're representing an organization and the other players that you're playing with, and for you. I'm not saying selfishly go over there knowing that, you know, you could be over there for upwards of what, five weeks. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. How, how concerned are the, how concerned is the league about the COVID situation going on here? Forget about, forget about concerned, uh, going. Concerned. Well, I mean, the good news is, is that with a lot of these variants now, if you're vaccinated or you're boosted, whichever you prefer, especially even with the new Omicron that's coming around, it shows that if you're properly protected, it's not serious, right? In most cases. And, you know, most athletes are pretty healthy. So you would think that the odds are very safe. However, it does lead to canceling games and it does lead to disruptions. Like this Calgary situation, all of a sudden they had seven positive tests at once, right? So it's really, um, it's a challenge because, in hockey, you know, the rink atmosphere, the air doesn't flow as well, which makes it even more likely that there could be exposures there. It's it's a problem. Like, you know, it's I, I think they feel that generally everybody's going to be healthy, which we hope, but it, it's no question it's disruptive. Are all these players vaccinated, do we think? Only one isn't. Only one player in the league right now. Is not that's Tyler Bertuzzi from Detroit. I know, but I mean, I know, but what I mean is, do we have any other Evander Canes going on with the fake vaccination cards? No, you know, I asked about that um, when when the report for when the reports first came up that Kane was under investigation, and I was told there were no other active investigations at that time. But if you've been following the Antonio Brown situation in the NFL, you know it, it's possible that it could happen, and nobody would know about it, right? And the only reason Antonio Brown was caught was because he didn't pay his chef who blew the whistle. <laughs> but as as I so this is proof, Andrew and Craig and everybody out there, pay your chef. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, hey, hey, Steve. <laughs> but as far as I know, there were no active investigations. Yeah. This, I just wonder. I just wonder if the league and uh, should just shut down for two weeks, not go to the Olympics. Get everybody, you know, healthy and safe anyway, and then come back to play. Like, take the break anyway. Just not. Well, I think that that could happen. 
in the sense that, well, in the sense that one, one, another thing that we learned at the Board of Governors, guys, was that there isn't going to be a lot of room to play games if they don't go to the Olympics. A lot of those teams have, have put stuff in their arenas. You know, there's, there's eight games now that need to be made up, and there still needs to be dates for six of them. So we could see that, for example. That could happen. Um, that's where you do your makeups. But generally, it doesn't sound like there's going to be a lot of games moved into that break. So even if the NHL doesn't, doesn't go to the Olympics, sounds like a lot of players are going to have time off. If there isn't an Olympics, uh, yeah. there was talk about another World Cup. Can you see that uh, coming back? Well, one thing I asked about was, could they play a World Cup now with those players? Or could they play the Olympic tournament in North America with these players? And I, I was told no. <laughs> I do think there will be another World Cup again in the future, guys. But as the league said, there's bigger priorities right now. The league uh, happened to, speaking of priorities, uh, I don't know if it was an apology, but at least an acknowledgement of an officiating boo-boo on an offside in Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, this isn't about a this isn't a Buffalo fandom question. It's just more of like a how come we can't get how come I don't want I, I hate I hate criticizing the league all the time. Yeah, but how come we just can't get this right? We have video review now. Like, why is it so difficult for us to get all this stuff straight? Yeah, I know that was that was a really tough one. There's there's no question that was a really tough one. That was rough. I mean, the Sabers right now, the Sabers fans, the Buffalo people. I mean, they're just like, what the heck is going on? Well, That's I what, know the Sabers were also upset about the Zegers Milano goal, but I don't think they had anything to stand on about that one. Like that, to me, I thought was a good goal. And so I think it was just they were frustrated about the. Well, whole were they league. just upset about leaving no, the guy they, in front of the net so he could tap it into the net? They thought it was a high. They thought it was a high stick. Oh, okay, yeah. But no, you know, what it wasn't. It wasn't a high stick. I agree. But it was just a no, guy left all alone in front of the net, like yes, you know, just leave him there. Um, <coughs> excuse me, one second. Just send a text message. Oh yeah, I, who, if who you, you can read it out, that would be great. No. No, uh, I think I saw your phone when you flipped it over there, Steve Eiserman. eh? Yeah, I, I got I, I got news for you. If you could list fifty thousand people, he would be number fifty thousand at the list of people who would be calling me. Um, <laughs> I, I like the one thing I wonder about that too is it was kind of fluky because the linesman who made the call, you know, he wasn't looking at the guy who had the puck, right? So. I think, like, I, I look at that kind of specific play, and I wonder if we're going to have to change the rules from possession in the offensive zone to just touching the puck in the offensive zone. Didn't they change the rules? Yeah, didn't but they, that didn't was, they that, tweak it. That was for uh, leg up. Yeah, it's so confusing. But the other thing, too, is like, the one thing I would say is, look, I understand why Buffalo was upset. Like, I do. I, I would have driven me crazy, too. I totally understand. I also got to wonder, like, somebody's got to tell Rasmus to lean. You know, you're trying to tie the game in the last minute. You got to get out of the zone faster. That was as fast. <laughs> what do you think of the Zegris goal? It was beautiful. Do you like – okay, so there's been a lot of criticism. There's been – well, yeah. not a lot of criticism. There's been some criticism. I think everyone's heard John Tortorella's comments. Here, um, here's my position on Tortorella, okay? 
I don't like that in this in, in in hockey, unpopular opinions get dumped on as much as they do. I really don't. I think it discourages people from thinking differently. Uh, uh, like, you know, like, and I'm at fault as this too because I am a television broadcaster. I think sometimes broad like the best studio show is inside the NBA, and they don't care what anybody thinks about them. And they just say it and people laugh like it's all a big joke. Right. Like and I love that. Like people on Twitter laugh about what they say because it's so crazy. They don't care what anybody thinks. And it's clear that their bosses back them as long as you don't go over the line. And those lines, I think, are pretty clearly defined. You know, we're going to back you. And I think in hockey, we don't have that. You know, uh, I think a lot of people are afraid to speak out. I I don't think in a lot. I, I think in a lot of cases, commentators don't feel that they're backed by their bosses and so like Tortorella comes out and I think his opinion's wrong like I disagree with his opinion on this goal but what's the, what's what's the problem with having a different opinion absolutely like what's yeah, the but- problem with having a different opinion so what if he hates it who cares it's his opinion yep. yeah but that's what you want to hear. I like I like what he said. I don't agree with what he said, but I yeah. like that he said it because he gave his opinion. Guess what? John Tortorella doesn't give a rat's ass what people think. Yeah. He doesn't care about all the noise that's going to happen after about his opinion. He's going to say it the way it is. That's how he feels. I love it. I disagree with it. But I would also add something to my opinion. I mean, hey, that was... Hold on, oh, Pete. Oh, sorry. I didn't. I thought you were done. <laughs> My opinion is I love this stuff. I love the creativity. These young players in today's game are, are doing things and, and the way that they see the game is different than what it was played 15, 20, 30 years ago. Okay. And I just, I like the creativity in the game. It's fun stuff. But I want the instigator penalty out. Someone needs to go and kill him after he's sitting there giggling on the bench like a little school kid in elementary school. That's it's I, I, I think it's disrespectful. I think it's disrespectful. And it for me, like great See, goal, kid. You. Nice I job with you. But and I'll tell, tell you, you something. Don't disrespect our team. Well, I'm, I'm going to disrespect the thing, you and it, cut you off. Did they not? Did they not win a game? I think it was the next night in overtime or in yeah, a shootout. he scored the goal or whatever. Skated right by the bench. Right by the opposing team's bench, if you go back and look at it, right by the bench, going, well, Zegris did. Was it Zegris or Milano that did that? I don't care. Well, Zegris scored a a goal after or an overtime and threw the stick over the glass. I love this kid. I think this kid is great for hockey. I agree. And, And I watch the NBA now. My son loves basketball. I watch the NBA more than I watch hockey. And I can tell you that I love that they don't play defense till about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. And I love that they smile. I love that they have fun. I love that they are, they're energetic. They're entertaining. You got LaMelo ball firing up a shot, turning and looking at the fans and like giving them a high five while the ball's still in the air going right into the hoop. Like, I love this. I am tired. So tired of the teeth grinding kill you attitude in hockey where it has to be so serious. We are, it is just the game. You know, 
I knew how I had to play. That doesn't mean I needed to be told to get into a mindset of be serious. You don't think I'm serious about what I need to do when I go on the ice? I got about to get my head kicked in by some tough guy. You think if I'm joking half an hour before the game, that's how I prepare. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cause that's how I prepare. That's my comfort with going into the game. Everyone prepares differently. I think the, the hockey mindset is old and it's dull and it needs to change soon. So I think you're frigging crazy, man. No, but that's your uh, Craig, opinion. Craig, I mean, you I, can go I, ahead yeah. and have that opinion. The there, problem, the problem is certain things the, that the, should the never let Elliot, Elliot finish here. Go ahead. Go the ahead. Elliot. Next generation of fans thinks like Andrew, like they're out there. They're all on social media. There's no privacy, Craig. I like generally as a person, Craig, I'm with you. I, I like act like you've been there before, but like now I recognize that the next generation of fans, they're all out there. Like what do these, what do these people all want to be? They all want to be influencers. They want to be TikTok stars, you know, and what's, and what's that, that is, here's me and this is who I am and I'm putting it out there. And if, if we don't adapt to that, the sport's going to be in big trouble. Got a problem with that, Craig? Yeah, because I think the sport's in big trouble now because of the way it's played a lot of the times. I think the, the excitement of this game 15 years ago to go to a watch a game was 10 times more exciting. Why? Fights? Because, yes. Guys hated each other. They swung sticks at each other. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but that's... But no question about it. There was body checking. There was physicality. We still had insane stars back in the day with the Stevie Eisman, Joe Sackix, Mary Lemuse, Wayne Gretzky. You go back to like all of those, those players, those elite players. We had them. Oh my God. Did we have them? We had them personality. We, I loved the game. It was a different game. Now we have our third and fourth line guys that are no different than your first and second line. Well, guys. that's, you know what, Craig, like, I, I think that that's one of the things that I like you look at last week, what was one of the big storylines of last week? Truba, right? Just about yeah. to bring this up. And, and, and I thought all those hits, they were tough, but they were clean. Like, I, I don't think he fouled uh, Kara, who I hope is okay. I don't think he fouled McKinnon. Like, uh, like Reese Johnson was hurt from a big check from Jake Muzzin. I don't think Muzzin fouled him. Yeah. And uh, it's just last uh, night, Ryan McDonald, Lomberg. Yeah. McDonald yeah. was, and, and again, I, I don't think he fouled him, but like, so, but the thing is like, why were, the, why are those a big deal? Because we don't have that anymore. When you guys played, there were 15 of those hits a game. Now yeah. we don't, we don't have that anymore. And one of the reasons is that people don't want to watch injuries anymore. They don't want to watch the stretcher. They don't want to see guys get Thank hurt. So you. I think the 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 crowd, the like, and I do think that's led to a loss of passion. I think there's too many regular season games that are no hitters. I think that takes the passion out of regular season Listen, playoffs. It's like, it's like watching basketball. Yeah, but here's my point. It's like basketball like, is a snooze fest until the last two minutes of the game. Then here, you can here, wake up and you can actually watch the rest of the game. Here's my point on that, Craig, is that if the passion from hitting is going to be taken out of the game because people don't want to see injuries, where's the passion? Hold on, hold on. Where's the passion going to come from? It's going to come from people like Trevor Zegers. Okay. That we, because 
Who's saying that there's people that don't want to watch that? There's, there's a lot. There's, I don't anymore. I, I, I don't anymore. And I, okay. that's going to kill I, you. And there's I, a tremendous amount of people that I talk to all kinds, all mm-hmm. ages that think the game is boring as hell because there's I, no, I think there's no, no excitement. I think at times it's a problem. I it's think. a huge problem because we have four <laughs> lines of the same player. That's why you back need in the, the day when we played of the world. And listen, I love I'm not saying that I don't like Trevor Zegris or, or Sonny Milano and, and, and what they did. I think that's exactly, we want more of that, but I'm going to tell you this. I think the game's boring as hell right now because that can happen and that can go on social media and these young kids get to see it, but there's so these young kids don't know what the game was 15 years ago. Cause some of them weren't even born. Mm-hmm. They Elliot. don't know how great and how electric, I mean, electric stadiums were when, when you had two teams that remember back watching Colorado Avalanche play the Detroit Red Wings and the hatred that these two teams had for each other or the Montreal Canadiens get Quebec Nordiques or, or the battle of Alberta. It goes on and on and on. Now there is nothing, there's nothing like that. And, and I, I feel bad for this generation, because all we're talking about right now is a guy doing the, the, what is it called? The Michigan flipping the puck up in the air and a guy banging it out of the air. And that's like the greatest goal we've seen in, in 10 years. <laughs> you don't know what a great game is because well, this generation's never seen a great game because it's all. Gone. I, don't know. I, I don't know if I'd go that far. It, unless you have, unless you have certain players like Connor McDavid, what did you say the other night? What'd you say the other night? You're like, every time Connor McDavid is on the ice, he has a scoring chance. He creates a scoring chance. That's how good he is. But guess what? There's only one Connor McDavid. Yeah. There's only one guy like that in this league. The, the one thing I'll say about this, Elliot, I'm directing this at you because I, I, I know Craig is going to chop my head off when I say this. (laughs) I'm at a point with hockey because I, I, I don't want to see though. I want those hits out of the game. I don't, why are we, I love the Lomberg hit. I couldn't believe it. I'm sorry. The guy got hurt. I love the, the hit on Kara because it's, it's that that's, you don't see it anymore. Hitting like that is an art timing power. All of it. It's an art, but editorial, but it's also, there's a, there's a price. There's a price to be paid here. You know, we talk about CTE. We talk about injuries. Like, why are we not just telling these guys to go and play the puck? Like the, has the game not evolved? Has science not evolved? Has have injuries not evolved? Are there not enough examples of players with brain injuries, whether they have one concussion or 12 concussions that we can say, look like maybe we need to scale down or at least take away some of the padding. So these guys aren't armored from head to toe. Like I think about the equipment issue all the time. I do. I think about the equipment issue all the time. What do you think about well, I, I think in a lot of, I, I think I, I really agree that that's a big problem. I, I absolutely do. Now, the way people shoot the puck, I think that that is a fair, that's probably the counter. But generally, I feel that, like Dave Ellett, who you guys both know, he once said to me that if the players now played in the same equipment that we did, there'd be a lot less injuries. <sighs> I, Elliot? 
I, I wore tiny shoulder pads primarily for fighting space in my Jersey, whatever, but I wore t- oh, shoulder pads, yeah. shoulder pads that I wore in Bantam. Okay. I wasn't allowed to wear them in the OHL cause they gave us the, I had these Douglas shoulder pads that had mm-hmm. this like air puff lining rib. I know you had the Eastern ones, the Donzies. Mine, mine were con Donzies. Yeah. Donzies, the black and orange ones. I know it's them. Like, I, it's like, like being a gladiator. It's like wearing you, football you pads. Could, <laughs> you could run through the wall. I swear to God. And the amazing thing is I was, I, my parents bought me those for Christmas one year when I was 14 years old and I wore them all the way till pro hockey. And they took those football shoulder pads away from me. Once I, once I reached uh, pro hockey, but Guys, I have to go. I have to go. I'm sorry. I got to go. I got to get ready for the press conference in Vancouver. No problem. No I'm going to tell my, I'm gonna tell my uh, Steve Eiserman story and I'll tell you about it next week. Okay. It's, right. it's, it's, it's crazy, but enjoy. I can't wait to hear it. Thanks, right, thanks, for, thanks Ellie. Appreciate it, man. My pleasure, guys. Always great to chat with you. All right. Yeah, we'll okay, see. You. All right. Elliot had to go abruptly, uh, but we knew that. We were, we were pushing up against the clock with him, but we got a lot of good topics yeah. in there. Let's, um, uh, let's hear your, uh, your Stevie Y, Derek Roy story. I can't wait to hear this one. So, Roy was named to the world championship team for team Canada. And Steve, what Eisner, year do you remember? Uh, 2008. Well, you said while I'm telling the story, check this out. I think it was 2008. Um, I, uh, we had our year end party at tempo downtown Buffalo. Roy's, left his phone at the table. And I, you know, I think he was texting with Stevie Y or a call or whatever during the, during the night, he left the table and left his phone. So drunk Andrew, picks up the phone and I call Steve Eiserman and I leave him this voicemail. I, I mean, I, I can't even remember what I said, Riv. I just said a whole bunch of shit to him. I, it wasn't like rude or anything. It was just like, it was just like nonsense, belligerent nonsense. So anyway, so Roisey comes back drunk, to the drunk talk, drunk talk. So Roisey comes back to the table and everyone's got kind of like a puzzled look on their face. Cause I think they knew what I just did was extremely stupid. And he's like, what happened? And someone says, PD called Stevie Y and left a voicemail. And looked at me. <laughs> he, looked, he looked at me and I'm like, uh, did you? I was like, yeah. So he texts Steve Eisenman. He says, hey, man, sorry. Did you, know, did you know at some point that you did something really wrong? Like, yeah. Or was when it I just started like- speaking after the beep? <laughs> when I started speaking after the beep. So anyway, so he texts Steve Eisenman and he says, um, because I, you know, I, I had that article years ago about taking Andrustine dye on or whatever, and and it was legal at the time. But anyway, so so that article came out, and and um, so anyway, so he texts Steve Eisman and he says, "Hey, Steve, you know, I'm sorry, we're at a year end party. Andrew Peters thought it'd be funny to call and leave you a voicemail. Apologies, won't happen again." He texts back and he said, "Hey, no problem, Roisey. I know how those things can go. Things can get a little crazy." He said. Uh, enjoy your night. Tell Andrew we were thinking about him for Team Canada, but we were worried about the drug testing. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, I mean, my heart sank, and I turned to Roisey, and all I said was, he knows who I am? <laughs> and that was it. That's the story. I mean, just belligerent Andrew. That's, I mean, think about this. That's why 10 years I've almost been sober, right? But think I'll tell it. you this, though. That, that is something that I think would have happened frequently in those situations 
Cardinal, never leave your phone. You never leave your phone unattended. I left my phone unattended, my BlackBerry at the back of a bus. And when I was playing for New Jersey, we were busing from Jersey to Philadelphia. And um, I was going up and asking guys for the to buy Super Bowl squares. And then one of the guys said, hey, go up and ask Lou if he'll buy a square. And guys are like, no, we're not going on. And I go, I'll go. I'll go ask Lou. Right. And I walked up and I was like, hey, uh, hey, Lou, you want to buy a, a square or whatever? I can't remember how much they were. Maybe, I don't know, NHL squares are like, what, 100 bucks rib? 100 bucks a square roughly? Yeah, maybe, yeah. So there were like four or five squares left. I was like, you know, Lou, would you like to buy a square? He's like, uh, yeah, sure. How many you got left? I said, five. How much are they? I don't know, X amount. I think they were 100 a pop. He goes, yeah, I'll take all five. I'll take the last five. He bought, he bought, he bought, he bought the rest. I didn't think Lou was going to buy any, but he bought the rest of them. Um, but while I was up there, I don't know who it was. Uh, I assume it was Berdur because he had a BlackBerry and knew how to operate a BlackBerry, like nobody's business. Someone grabbed my BlackBerry, opened it because I didn't have a lock on my phone, opened it and changed everything to like Japanese. So I had no idea how to turn my phone back back to back to english so anyway that was that's my yeah leaving my phone on it goes around comes around right oh yeah that was like two years later yeah so anyway that's my phone unattended story been great story okay episode what 22 yeah good man you got anything to share today nope you were angry with elliot a little bit not with Elliot. Just no, I'm not with- angry. I'm not angry, but I mean, for, for you know, listen, I mean, that's going to be a topic of discussion and I could sit there and, 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 uh, and have these uh, topics, but you know, listen, I want to give my opinion. I like the game a certain way. Um, I love the talent of these young men that are coming into today's game, but I believe that um, the NHL has sucked out the 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 physicality the aggression the team camaraderie how tight teams were back you know 15 years ago 10 15 years ago it's just a different game now it's almost just kind of like we're watching an all-star game all the time there's no physicality there's there's nothing I mean, there's no hatred between um, organizations. Uh, you know, it's it's it's, it's just like watching it's, to get the game to this point, though. Like, yeah, I mean, and I, listen, the game's going in 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 a, in a nice direction, um, but unfortunately, they've taken out a major piece of of the entertainment value, and and we are entertainers or I should say I was an entertainer not just a hockey player I was there to entertain people that watched live and on TV and was their concern um for my well-being sometimes yes hockey is, can can be a dangerous game at some points in time but that was the that's what I signed up for and that's what I wanted to be a part of and I enjoyed the game back then and i'm not saying i don't enjoy the game now i'm just saying that i would rather watch the highlights than to watch an actual game because there is zero emotion to these games zero i think and that's just my opinion i think the the word that gets me is i think there's emotion riv i think there's emotion but i think 
I think the game, I think the word that I would use other than emotion is I think that the game lacks intensity. You know, it lacks that same kind of intensity, maybe not so much the intensity that John Tortorella was describing because that's extreme. That's like, that's, that's like mid nineties and earlier. I feel like the way he's thinking, but, but no, I don't think so. I think he's thinking mid two thousands. You know, he's thinking in the two thousands. I mean, the, you think of the, that the, recently that that his my his his. You think Tortorella's where the comments game about went getting wrong. his head getting a Zegers would have gotten his head taken off for trying that is as early as no like no the no, no. He, he would not have any problem whatsoever with um attempting to do what he did skill-wise and the play that he made skill-wise with Sonny Milano in front of the net. It's the after the stuff. It's, 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 it's two little children sitting on the bench, giggling and laughing like they're elementary school kids. This is not going to fly back in the day. If you disrespect the team, someone's going to pay for it. And I liked that part of the game. I'm sorry. I am about respect. I respect that kid and the skill set that he has. I expect, I love what he's doing for the game. I'm a, I'm a player. I look at, look at this and say, I love this part of the game. I love this creativity, these young players coming in. But let me tell you something. Don't giggle and laugh and hoot and holler, you know, and, and, and make these, uh, you know, the, they, these kids look like they're 10 years old hugging each other on the bench. Yeah. You didn't see Stevie Y and Joe Sackick and all these great, all the super greats that we had in our game back in the day. Oh, they didn't do that. They did not do that. Episode 22, always heated. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52, at The Instigator 76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.